You're listening to the Effortless Life Podcast, episode four. And today we're talking about some of the mistakes that people make when setting goals. And of course, what to do instead so you can avoid these mistakes and dramatically increase your chances of hitting the goals you've set for yourself. And I cannot wait to dive into this with you because if you're a goal getter like me, well, you are going to love what we cover today. So stay tuned. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're changing the way entrepreneurs work by changing the way they think about work. If you're ready to run your business like a real CEO, instead of your business running you, you're in the right place. You don't have to work as hard as you think you do to create the influence, income, and impact you deserve. It's time for a new way to do business. This is the Effortless Life Podcast. Here's your host, Courtney Elmer. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here talking with you today because at the time of this recording, we have just flipped the calendar into a new year. And sometimes the days feel so long, but then it's like I look at the calendar and I feel like I'm losing my mind. Is there anyone else here that feels like that or is it just me? Because I do know one thing. Every time this time of year comes around, it's like people go into a frenzy setting all kinds of goals and resolutions for themselves, things they wanna do differently, habits to break, new habits to create personal goals, professional goals, you name it, people are setting them. Yet sadly, most people are going about it the wrong way and they don't even realize it. I mean, you might have even heard the statistic that the average New Year's resolution lasts only 12 days. 12 days. It's crazy, right? Because it's like the moment someone sets that goal and then slips up, it's like they lose all willpower to keep going. They think, oh, if I can't do it perfectly, well, then it's just not worth doing at all. So then they're back to square one. And I actually prepared a whole segment on this exact topic for our local news station this time last year. And the anchor and I got to chatting on air about all sorts of things and never even got to give all of my resolution and goal setting tips. So I'm really pumped to dive in with you today to show you how to actually make goals that you can achieve, resolutions that stick, and how to avoid the pitfalls that keep most people from achieving them. Now, there's a lot of philosophies out there on setting goals. So let me just give you a quick rundown of what we're going to cover today. First, we're going to talk about the psychological effects of setting goals and how sometimes setting goals that are too big or too small can actually hurt you. Then we'll dive into the two key components that every goal must have if you want any hope of achieving it. Not your typical SMART acronym for setting goals that maybe you've heard about before, but two essential ingredients that are critical for making your dreams your reality. And lastly, we're going to talk about how to stay emotionally connected to your goals so that even if all else fails, you can hold on to this one key factor that will really increase your chances of hitting whatever goal you've set. All right, so let's dive into those psychological effects. We'll start there because sometimes setting goals that are too big or too small for yourself can actually hurt you. And it's really crazy to me how much us high achievers typically overestimate what we can get done in a day. I know I do this all the time. And if you feel like your personal and professional growth has maybe been like one step forward and two steps back, or maybe lately that growth has just felt non-existent, despite how hard you're working and how much time you're putting in, well, you're not alone. See, this is the thing. Most people enter this cycle. They try something new. It feels overwhelming. They choose to feel overwhelmed about it. It feels too overwhelming, so they give up. They let a little time go by and then they repeat that process. They set goals. They don't hit the goals. They beat themselves up about it. They give up. And so they set new goals. But the good news is that you can choose to behave differently. We all have a choice. You can try something new, choose to feel overwhelmed about it, 
recognize that feeling overwhelmed is a choice and that overwhelm is not real. It's just indicating to you maybe some things are off track. Maybe some things need to be tweaked a little bit. Shift your attention to the first step that you can take. Make some progress. Maybe make some mistakes, but have the courage to keep going and eventually surprise yourself with the fact that, hey, you're actually getting things done. And that builds confidence. That builds trust in yourself. So let's say you set a goal. Maybe you realize you're off track. Recognize you have a choice. Shift your attention to focus on what you need to do next. Make a little more progress. Have the courage to keep going. Surprise yourself with how far you've come. Hit your goal. Build confidence. Repeat. It's simple. I got to be totally transparent, though. Before launching the company that I have today, I spent many, many years as a slave to my work. I was gripped by stress. I thought that working harder was the only way to be successful. Yet, no matter how hard I worked, it felt like I was getting nowhere. I'd set huge goals for myself, and some of them I would hit. In fact, I hit way more of them than I even gave myself credit for. Because I was always fixated on the ones that I didn't hit. Without even realizing it, my focus was always on the things that were left unchecked on my list at the end of the day, the things that I didn't get to. And I would beat myself up about it. I would make it mean all kinds of things about me that I didn't hit this goal. And gosh, I was such a failure. And all of this self-doubt that would just bubble up inside of me when I realized that, whoop, there went the deadline. And I missed it by a long shot. This was especially true for me back in the day when I was building my business in the network marketing industry. Now, I spent over eight successful years in that industry. I had a nice sized team. I had earned the luxury car. I was going on the all expense paid trips, earning all the bonuses. But I would still look around at everyone else and compare my journey to theirs, wondering why I wasn't further along than where I was, wondering why it felt like I was working so hard, but just wasn't where I wanted to be yet. And eventually it got to a point where the word goals even became kind of like a trigger word for me. So after launching the wellness brand that I have today, I started talking with other students and clients of mine who felt the same way. I'd say the word goals and it was like people would look at me and just freeze and they'd have all this emotion just going across their face. And I think what's true for a lot of us high achievers, when we're focused on the goals we didn't hit and we downplay the ones we did, we get this negative connotation at the mere mention of the word goals. Can you relate to that? We hear people say, set huge goals. Who cares if you don't hit them? Shoot for the moon. You'll land among the stars. And then we hear other people say, don't overshoot. You're just going to set yourself up for failure. So what do we do? We just throw out goals like they mean nothing. We just throw them out there like we don't even care about them. Like, oh, if I just speak it into existence then it's going to happen. We've got lists of goals. Work out more, drink more water, get in bed by 9 p.m., get eight hours of sleep, make five figures this month, make six figures this year, hit seven figures next year, get promoted to marketing director, get promoted to C-suite level, earn a bigger raise, eat healthier, spend one hour of quality time with my kids every day after school. Don't check my phone first thing in the morning, no email after 8 p.m., read more books, and on and on and on. Are you laughing yet? Does this sound familiar? But what usually happens, you'll say you go work out, right? And then you find yourself sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Or maybe you say you want to invest in yourself, but you find yourself putting off starting or even finishing that course that you invested in. Or heck, scrolling Instagram instead of reading a book before bed. What's the deal? We say we want one thing, but our actions dictate differently. It's like we're not even connected to the goals that we've set in the first place. And actually, we're not. That's a key piece that's missing. It's fine to set your intention and to speak things into existence. That'll definitely increase your chances of hitting your goals. But you can't just throw them out there and cross your fingers and hope for the best. That's a big mistake, and it comes at a cost. 
here's the thing. Setting goals has a psychological ramification. If you set it too big and you're attached to the outcome, then of course you're going to feel terrible if you don't hit it. If you set small goals, you risk playing it too safe and never growing. Or you just bog yourself down in busy work, like tracking how many ounces of water you drank today or counting every calorie, and that's just a waste of energy. Kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? So how do we go about fixing this? Well, first, you have to detach from the outcome. That's first and foremost. You hitting the goal or not hitting the goal means nothing about you. Now, we'll dive deeper into this idea of assigning meaning to your results in a later episode, but for now, all you need to understand is that we have this tendency to automatically assign meaning to the outcomes in our life. In other words, we make it mean something about us that it doesn't actually mean. We do this with all kinds of things. Let me give you a concrete example. Imagine for a second that you've set a goal maybe to make $25,000 next month in your business. Now, this is a bigger goal than you have ever set, and you feel a little nervous setting it because you aren't even sure if it's possible. But you're hopeful. You're hopeful it's going to happen. You're committed. You're going to do it. You're just ready to just take the leap, right? You're willing to do whatever it takes to make it happen. You've laid out the plan. You've got all the action steps in place. You go through the month taking action, following your plan. You're seeing that momentum build and you're getting a little confident. It's exciting. Oh, this feels good. There's a little bit of energy there. But then it gets closer to the end of the month and you start to feel really nervous again. Are you going to hit it? Ooh, it's going to be close. I don't know. We're getting to the last day of the month. Ah, I've done everything that's conceivably in my power, but you just realize you're going to fall short of that goal. Maybe by a few thousand dollars. The end of the month comes and goes. You didn't hit that goal. You came close, but you missed the mark. Okay, now pause and notice how you feel right now with me even describing the situation. Do you feel defeated? Bad? In this imaginary scenario, are you already beginning to beat yourself up for not hitting it? Saying you should have done more, feeling all kinds of self-doubt and uncertainty if you were even qualified or cut out to be doing the work you're doing, questioning every move you made. Was it enough? Did I do enough? Did I work hard enough? What's happening here? This is what it feels like to be stuck in the cycle that most people get stuck in, the one I described to you earlier. You set goals, you don't hit the goals, you beat yourself up about it, you give up, you lick your wounds, and then you set new goals. What's the problem? Well, first, you've made the act of hitting or not hitting your goal mean something about you. And the people that do make this mistake think that, well, I'm good if I hit that goal and I'm bad if I don't. I'm successful if I hit that goal and I'm a failure if I don't. Becomes this all or nothing way of thinking. Results are just results, guys. This doesn't mean anything about you as a person. And once you recognize this and that the results you get are just information that's there to help you know whether to either repeat that process exactly as you did because you hit the goal and it worked great, or maybe you didn't hit the goal and that all that information is telling you is to make some adjustments, it becomes a lot easier to detach yourself from the outcome. And chances are the way you're going about setting goals is broken. You're not broken. Your method for goal setting could be broken. So let's dive into two key components that every goal must have if you want any hope of achieving it. Now, there's so many methods out there for setting goals, and I have tried many different ones over the years, some with success, others with zero success. But then one day I learned a method that has been invaluable ever since because it's amazing and it works. Now, you've probably heard about SMART goals, right? That acronym SMART, where SMART stands for different qualities or characteristics that a goal should have. If you haven't heard it before, it's pretty easy to remember. The S is for specific. The M is for measurable. The A is for actionable. 
the R for realistic and the T for time. Specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and timed. Smart goals. And these are all good things, and this is a good start. But as I've learned from setting hundreds, maybe even thousands of goals over the years, it's not quite enough. There are two essential pieces that are critical for turning your goals into your reality. Now, the first key piece that's missing here is that most of all, goals must be meaningful for you. And the second component is that when you write them out, you've got to write them in the present tense as if they're happening now with a positive focus. So instead of that smart method for setting goals, I want you to follow this instead. Remember that good goals are simple, measurable, meaningful for you, present and positive. Now, I don't have a good acronym for this one. So come back to this part of the episode if you're not somewhere that you can write this down right now. Good goals are simple, measurable, meaningful, present, and positive. Now, let's touch a little bit on each of these components. Good goals have to be simple because what's realistic to one person might not be the same for someone else. And guys, realistic and possible are two very different things. So you've got to set your own realistic goals because what you think of as realistic and what I may think of as realistic could be totally different. When I'm working with my one-on-one clients or coaching students inside of my academy or at the mastermind retreat, I don't set goals for them. I can look at a person and imagine what's possible for them. I may see a possibility and a potential within themselves that they don't yet see. But the reason I don't set goals for them is because their idea of what's realistic and mine could be two totally different things. They've got to make their own realistic goals and I show them how to do it. I'm going to show you how to do that today as well. But you've got to set goals that are realistic for you because if someone else is setting that goal for you, maybe a coach, a mentor, a program that you're in and saying, okay, this needs to be your goal. Well, you've got to evaluate, is that really realistic for me with where I am right now, with the demands on my time that I have right now? So Throw all of that out the window and just focus on making it simple. Just make it simple, right? There's no need to overcomplicate things. Good goals are simple. Good goals are also measurable because if you can't track it, you can't hack it. You can't hit that which you don't measure. So you've got to set some benchmarks for yourself. And in a moment, I'm going to show you how to do that. Good goals are meaningful. So when I ask my students why they've set a goal they set, they say something like, well, I just want to help others or it'll be good for my family. Like if I can just get better organized, then I'll have a little more time and I can spend more quality time. And a lot of times they reply with an answer that's other focused, right? It's focused on others. It's focused outward. And that's a good start. But this is usually where I challenge them and ask them to go deeper. And I'll say, okay, great. So what I'm hearing is you're setting this goal because you feel like if you can get better organized, it'll be good for your family. What do you mean by good for your family specifically? And here's the most important part. If you do that for them, what will it do for you? Too often, we just chase feelings when we set goals. We chase the feeling of accomplishment or pride or satisfaction or just that feeling of good job. You did it. It's affirming. But the problem is a goal is not a feeling. It is so important to understand this. You cannot measure goals that are based on feelings. Also, words like should and have to and need to will not motivate you. I need to do this. Oh, I have to do this. Oh, I should get healthier. That's not going to motivate you long-term. Goals must be meaningful to you. Good goals also have to be written in present tense. You want to write your goal as if it's happening right now. This is really important because our minds need clear direction. In order to bring your unconscious mind and your conscious mind into alignment, 
on track toward that goal, you've got to give your mind a map to follow and spell it out in positive language. The positive piece is really critical too, because so often we focus on what we don't want and we use that as our motivation for setting a goal. And in a later episode, I'll show you how to tap into the power of your inner motivation by understanding how motivation works. But for now, all you need to know is that your unconscious mind can only process positive language. I don't know if you've ever had the experience, maybe think back to, you know, your grammar school days or middle school days where you'd have birthday parties, sleepovers. I can remember this so clearly, you know, and it was like one of the girls would go to change into her pajamas for the night. And she'd be like, okay, guys, I'm going to change. Don't look. And what would everybody do? Everybody would turn and look. The reason why is because your unconscious mind doesn't process negative language. Negative language, words like don't and won't and can't and not and but and, you know, all of those types of things are an extra hoop that your unconscious mind has to jump through. So in other words, your unconscious mind, in order to process the negative word, has to do the thing you're telling it not to do before it cannot do it. So if someone in the room says, I'm changing, don't look. Your mind has to look before it cannot look. So just make it easier on your brain, will you? Just say what you want and make sure that the reason you want it has a positive focus too. If you're saying, oh, I want to lose weight because I don't like the way my clothes fit and I don't feel very confident in my skin right now and in my body right now, that's okay. But what do you really want? Is it confidence? Is it more energy? Is it to feel good in the skin you're in? Reframe that negative into a positive. Now, here's where the magic can start to happen for you. I'm going to give you a very simple framework that you can use anytime you want to set a goal. And when you use this framework, you will automatically hit every single step that I just mentioned for setting good goals. Now, first, before I give you the framework, you're going to want to make sure you ask yourself the following questions when thinking about your goal. What do I want? When do I want it by? And why is this important to me? Then once you've got that goal kind of laid out, you know what's in your mind, you know what you want, you know when you want it to happen, and you've connected with why it's important to you, you're going to write it out using this simple framework. And the framework goes like this. I, and you put your name. So for me, it would be I, Courtney, have, and then you'll insert an adjective, easily, effortlessly, confidently, beautifully achieved this goal. And you'll write what that goal is. I'll know I've achieved it when, and that's where you're going to insert a benchmark. When will you know without a doubt that you have achieved this goal? So let me give you an example here. I was working on my book proposal a while back over the summer, and I said, okay, it is July 31st, 2019, and I have just easily and effortlessly completed my book proposal. I'll know that I've achieved this when I get that confirmation email from my literary agent saying that they have received it. Easy peasy. And that last piece is really important because you've got to define what has to happen so that you know, your brain knows that you've achieved that goal. Maybe you see something, maybe you hear something, feel something. Ideally, it's something outside of yourself, very external, very obvious. It's how you know that you've achieved it. Because what you know, like the way that you know that you've achieved it versus the way that I'll know I've achieved a goal, if we had the same goal, for example, might be two different things. 
right? Like if if you had a goal to go attend an industry conference this year, and I wanted to attend that same conference. And let's say that that was our goal, right? It was a big investment, but we wanted to be there. We wanted to make sure that would happen. Maybe for you, you might know that you've achieved that goal when you've booked your plane ticket. And for me, I might say that I've achieved it when I'm sitting in that front row seat. You know, for a weight loss goal, maybe you know you've achieved it when you see a certain number on the scale. And I know I've achieved it when I can do a certain amount of bicep curls with a 10-pound weight. Right? So you've got to define what has to happen for you so that you know you've achieved it. Now, here's an important note. You cannot set a goal that manipulates someone else's reality. Okay, so what I mean by that is you can't set a goal that depends on someone else's involvement. You can only do what you can control and take responsibility for. Now, the last piece of all of this is definitely not the least. In fact, it's the most important. How to stay emotionally connected to your goal so that even if all else fails, you can hold on to this one key factor that will dramatically increase your chances of hitting whatever goal you've set. Back to what we were talking about earlier, when you find yourself saying one thing, but acting another way, like say, for example, you set a goal to work out four times a week, but then somehow you're on the couch again watching Netflix, or maybe you want to read more. But when you climb in bed at night, your book sits unopened on your nightstand. And instead, instead, you're just like throwing, scrolling through Instagram. What's going on here? What's happening when you say you're going to do one thing, but find yourself acting another way? Chances are it means you're not emotionally connected to that goal that you set. Now, I'm going to show you a foolproof way in a second to get emotionally connected with whatever goals you set. But this is a secret that most people miss. It's an emotional connection to why this goal is important to you. It goes back to the idea of setting goals that are meaningful for you. It has to be. Otherwise, there's going to be nothing there to keep pulling you forward when life happens and the going gets tough. It's not just about how this goal will grow your business or help you advance in your career, or how it'll make you feel or how it'll help others or anything like that. If you take nothing else away from this episode, remember this. The bottom line is that your goals have to be meaningful for you, period. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why even set that goal in the first place? If it's weight loss, it's not really about the numbers on the scale, is it? Sure, that might be a way you measure your progress, but I'd be willing to bet that it's not as much about that number as it is about the energy or the confidence you want to feel. And when you feel more energetic or more confident, what will that do for you? What will that allow you to do? See, it's about getting to the heart of it. Too many people waste time living life on the surface. We've got to go deep. Whew, all right, you guys, we have covered a lot in a short span today. We talked about how setting goals that are too big or too small can actually hurt you and how not to get stuck in that psychological trap. And we went over a new way of thinking about goals, not that old, outdated, smart method. It's a good start, but a better method that's simple, measurable, meaningful, present, and positive. This is critical for making your dreams your reality. And lucky for you, when you use that framework that I gave you, you will automatically hit all of these key components. And remember, most importantly, above anything else, you have to stay emotionally connected to your goals. Not emotionally attached to the outcome, but emotionally connected to why you're going after this goal in the first place. Detaching from the outcome, knowing that means nothing about you, whether you hit that or not. Simply focusing on staying emotionally connected to why you want to achieve this goal. So I encourage you, go repeat this goal setting process and set goals in every area of your life, personally, professionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, 
every single area. Adopt this practice and watch your life change. This is your opportunity to practice being someone who chooses imperfect action over feeling overwhelmed or feeling defeated or feeling like giving up. Because imagine where you might be 12 months from now if you take imperfect action one small step at a time and just keep going. Growing a business is hard work, but here at The Effortless Life, we believe it doesn't have to be. We're a company on a mission to help enhance the quality of life for busy entrepreneurs everywhere. One of our superpowers is helping entrepreneurs like you who feel overworked get the systems and support in place in your business so that you can finally start scaling your company and bring your vision to life. So if you're tired of working yourself to the max and winding up in the same place as you did last year with nothing ever really changing, then wouldn't you agree it's time to learn how to build a business you run, not one that runs you? You don't have to work as hard as you think you do in order to get the results you want. It all boils down to how clear your business plan is, how clear your strategy is to achieve it, and how clear you are on your role as the visionary leader of your company. If you aren't clear on these things, I want to help. When you head to CourtneyElmer.com slash CEO, you can find out the dates and times for my next live virtual workshop where I'm going to walk you through the structure and the systems you need to have in your business so you can get out from under all that busy work and be free to do the things that you are good at. Now, these are by invite only. So if getting out of stuck mode and gaining real traction is something you want to do this year, then make sure you're on the list at CourtneyElmer.com slash CEO. As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 